This past week, I was on retreat. had the opportunity to be there with my brother priests from our diocese. And I saw, I would say in them, a transformation throughout the week. Uh, as, as is typical when we go on retreat, I think, if you ever go on retreat, when we go on retreat, there's often a sense of feeling kind of burdened and weighed down. We can look at all the things we're carrying. Many times these burdens feel like an inadequacy or an uncertainty or feeling overwhelmed with what is being asked of us, feeling like we don't have what it takes to do good, uh, to do a good job taking care of the people of God or whatever your situations might be. You might just feel like, ah, I don't have what I need. So I saw my brothers in, in myself a transformation throughout the week. We were able to get some rest, to take some time away to hear Jesus speak to us and sort out those lies that can sometimes come at us, which we have told ourselves or which we have been told by others and have believed. So I left with a sense of awareness that I can trust God's providence, which might seem silly to say, like, well, aren't you a priest? Don't you do that always? Well, yes, but it's, I'm human, so sometimes I do question or I have doubts or there's just moments when it feels heavy, like, how is this going to work out, Lord? Uh, there are places we don't have clear answers to the questions that are before us. But I left the retreat with the confidence that God is always going to provide, that He has in the past and will continue to do so. I also left with a renewed awareness that I really do want to be a saint. I really do want to be holy. Which again, you might say, well, isn't that, don't you take that for granted? Don't we all want to be holy? Yes, yes. But there are times, I think, when we start to doubt, is it possible for me? Or is it... Um, something I just lose focus on because there's so many things in front of me and we just, uh, our relationship with God can take a back seat at times. And so I would say there's just a renewed awareness for myself to be attentive. Like, I want that to be the focus. I want that to be the center. And I think there's a connection to this week's readings. We hear a lot about sin today, commentary on how we sin and the effects of sin and all the things that happen in our lives and how um, we can... Uh, we're going to be responsible for our sins, all of that. Jesus warns us that there are consequences to our sins, of course. But I think so often sin and evil can become this powerful thing in our, our lives. The thing that sort of becomes this giant that we, we just look at and it's like, oh, I can't fight that thing. It's too big for me or it's too powerful. And maybe, uh, you know, there's a sense in which evil can have that too. When we look at the world around us, we can feel just burdened by everything and we can just feel weighed down like I don't have hope in this moment I don't have hope for what is ahead and so I think Jesus wants to speak into that and allow us to find freedom there, there is today in his readings there's a way in which he's calling us to greatness he's calling us out of sin and warning us what sin does to us but I think it's never to point our sins out and say look at you you're bad look at you you're terrible look at you you're never going to make or be of any use to us. So that's not where he leaves us. That's where the devil leads us down that path of self-condemnation. And when we forget the power of God, uh, that his power is much greater than sin and evil in the world, we can get stuck in that place of kind of the darkness, right? But God wants to lift us into the light. He wants to help us uh, to, to recognize there's always hope. There's always a way forward. There's always a path that he's calling us to follow. And it might be a narrow path, it might be a, a dimly lit path at times, but there's always a path in which God is calling us to follow. And there's always hope. 
And God's power is much, much greater than any powers of the evil one. Uh, the devil's power is to try to point at us and, and point at our sins and tell us that is what you are. So sin is always a choice, right? It's a choice that we make in freedom, like we heard in Sirach today. We have set before us life and death, good and evil. So it is a choice that we have. And often when we have chosen sin, we feel stuck there. As if no change is possible once we've uh, settled into a sinful pattern in our lives. That can be a very dark place. In some sense, when we become aware of our sins, and the patterns of our sinfulness, it's then that we can, in a sense, become more uh, drawn to Jesus as our Savior, right? Because it's like, I got nothing else here. I got nothing else to hope in. So I, if you're not it, then I've got nothing. So there's a place where that darkness can even be a place where we become more aware of the light, that we become uh, drawn to Christ in a, in a more powerful way. Hope comes from looking at God, right? Not looking at ourselves or looking at the world around us or any, any other thing, right? Sometimes we try to put our hope in something else. Politician, uh, passing of a law, a policy or a, a leader of some kind or our, our pope or our priest or our somebody else, right? But our hope only comes from God. It's, it's there that we can find true hope, something that will lead us out of the darkness. One of the devil's tactics is to keep us focused on our sins or to keep us focused on ourselves, that we can fix ourselves, we can do it. If we just try harder, work harder, <laughs> you know, it's uh, funny sometimes. I think we, we think if, we just, if I just work a little harder, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this problem. I'm going to get out of this slump and it's, everything is going to go great. It's like, no, no, we, we only get better when we trust in God, right? We can't fix ourselves. And when we try to fix ourselves, we only go ever deeper into that, that slump. There, um, I, I'm not a movie person, but there was a movie about 25 years ago. So this is back a ways, and I'm not sure if you guys are movie watchers. My roommate and I watched it when I was in college, and... Um, it's a striking movie, in some ways a very violent movie, so I'm not saying it's a great movie. It's called American History X, and it's about a man who becomes a, a neo-Nazi. He's a very angry man, and part of it is what happens in his life and so forth that leads him down this path of hatred, and he has a great animosity for um, black people. Um, that's just one way it manifests itself. But there's a moment where he's in prison now at, at a certain point in his life where he recognizes, I don't want to live this way anymore. This is not a healthy way. This is not a good way of living. And it's a difficult turn, right? Because going down that path, it's, it's a pretty committed thing. You've got to kind of stay the path if you're going to be that way. And there's sort of a group in prison that if you're in that group, you're protected because they watch out for each other. And so to leave that group of the neo-Nazis is to put himself in a place of vulnerability um, even to the, the black members who are in the prison there as well. And so there's this moment of conversion that you could say is, is evident. Um, but it only happens after he's been sort of recognizing this betrayal of this identity that he's taken on. And I think for us, sometimes the lies in our lives have to be exposed. They have to, with the things that we rest in, the things that we have put our hope in, until they're shown to be false or they're shown to be uh, that they betray us in a sense that the devil betrays us, 
until we see that, we can continue to live in that lie or to continue to put hope in that lie, whatever it is, or even that identity that we think is what we are. God wants to speak into that and free us from that bond. So that's, that movie is just one example for me of how sin tries to claim us. It tries to make claims on our lives. How evil tries to portray itself in our lives to try, try to give us power, or give us influence or something like that. But all of those things, by God's grace, can be unmasked and we can return to God. We can return to His grace. There's no sin that He can't free us from. There's no wrong choices or decisions or even lifestyle that we maybe have been living that he can't redeem. There's many ways in which we can become enslaved to sin or to evil in our lives. We can easily begin to accept a lie about ourselves or another. Um, Sometimes we look at others and and make uh, a story about who their identity is, who they are. And when when that happens, when we believe a lie, our feelings are equated to what actually is. So... I might feel like I'm a bad person, or I might feel like I'm a sinful person, or I might feel like I'm a hopeless case or whatever. But the reality is I'm not. I'm not any of those things. I'm a beloved son or daughter of God. So I'm not just a person who has sinned. Now I'm a sinner in my mind. That identity becomes my my thing. This is a lie that can take root in us and can claim us in a sense and keep us bound in the darkness. But Jesus wants to offer us a way out of that. Communion with God is the path to freedom. It's the path that uh, leads us to healing from our sins. It's the path of our true identity. Union with God is what the evil one tries to thwart at all costs. It's what he's trying to keep us from. And so if it's believing a lie that does it, he'll do that. If it's um, telling us different things that are lies from, from other people, he will use that. He'll use whatever means to keep us in that darkness. And this is why Jesus, I think, brings us to the example of today of needing to be reconciled to our brother before we go and offer our gift, before we come and offer uh, our sacrifice on the altar. He wants to redeem us. He wants us to find communion, not only with him, but especially with one another, because when we have communion with one another, it allows us more easily to experience the communion with God. So when I was on retreat, while I was there, I uh, I guess I just realized I want this experience for all, all of my parishioners especially, but all people really, to experience the hope and the healing that continue to find that we continue to find when we go to the Lord. I want anyone who feels trapped in a present or past sin or who feels claimed by some false lie or identity to experience communion with God. That's my hope. That's my prayer. That's something I prayed for you while I was on retreat. And so I challenge you today to consider where you feel the enemy at work in your life. His footprints are often fear and resentment, lack of forgiveness or anger. These are the kinds of things where we can kind of say, okay, I think I'm zooming in on where he is active in my life. And we see those things. Those are the tracks of the enemy. I'd encourage you to examine your heart to try to see if there is any place where the enemy has claimed you or is trying to label you. And today, as we prepare the altar, I'd invite you to be reconciled to yourself, to God, and to another person, if need be, by simply making a prayer of rejection of that lie 
that you've believed, that the enemy has told you, or rejection of that sin in your life, whatever it is that seems to have a hold on you, Jesus comes to give us hope. He has reconciled us to himself so that we can have communion with him. And that is my hope for you, that we can find communion. And sometimes it's a long road to get there, but it is possible. And God wants to offer us that gift.